You were born to create. A podcast moving artists from passion to profession and aspiring creatives to gain confidence, emotional well-being, and direction in life through the discovery of their creativity. With your host, Maria Richards, transformational art coach, artist, entrepreneur, and mentor. Presented to you by Art of You. Today I'm with Ashley. Excited to have you here today, Ashley. Ashley is a wonderful artist I've been following on Instagram for for a little while already, and I was so impressed with her art. It's so expressive and uh, so emotive, and um, yeah, it, it reminded me of some of my favorite artists as well. So uh, yeah, she's um, she's from Cam- Canberra. I hope that I'm <laughs> right um, in Australia, and uh, currently uh, studying and almost about to graduate at the Australian uh, National University at the ANU. So um, today we will be talking about her art, about what um, inspires her to create and her relationship with her creativity. And um, and yeah, just let the conversation flow. So Ashley, um, yeah, welcome here. I'm really excited to speak with you today. Me too. Yeah, this is very exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, t- tell us a little bit about your art from from your perspective and from yeah from from you really um how would you describe it to someone that might not know um well i it's very in terms of tech like technical like aesthetic i'm i'm really interested in messy portraits and um i've always been fascinated with people and the human condition and so that's kind of like naturally translated into the sort of paintings that i I make um so I specialize in painting portraits and like to create emotionally driven narratives um around the people that I paint and so I use a lot of like violent brush strokes and uh hyper kind of intense colors as well yeah that really comes through when you do that and I love that little bit of the messy edge that it has um it's wonderful so yeah Ashley um so tell us a little bit about you as well. Um, so you, you are you originally from Australia? You mentioned you're from the UK too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I grew up in the UK and I moved to um, I moved to Australia in 2009. Um, I lived in Melbourne for a year and then, yeah, moved to Canberra. So uh, I've been like kind of in both countries for like kind of half of my life because I'm, I'm 22 now and I moved when I was 11. So it's in, it's interesting because it's like now I'm kind of at the cusp where it's like I've spent two decades in two different countries and so both are kind of like home now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's 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 quite a, an amount of time to spend in different countries. They will really become your home, won't they? So. Yeah. So I lost my accent though. <laughs> my British accent. I miss it. <laughs> How do you find it actually, like talking about accents, how do you find it when you do go back to the UK? Do you feel that it's rubbing off again, the UK accent? Uh, it's really strange, like, because um, I feel like it's like that weird, um, that group think kind of like psychology thing where you end up uh, taking on the accent a little bit when you're surrounded by people that um, like are talking that way. But um, yeah, like as soon as I come back, now that's gone, like <laughs> fully Australian in that way. Um, yeah, no, I hear you. And um, so 
In terms of, you know, how you grew up and, and your relationship to art, how, how did it all start, I would say? Mm, well, I was, I think I, I'm, I really value that I did grow up in the UK because we, we had a very different education system and approach um, compared to like primary school in Australia. Like it was a lot more focused on the humanities and um, it was more flexible in the sense in the UK where we got to kind of um, approach like uh, topics like history, politics. There was always a creative option for us to kind of um, do do assignments in like an in academia where whereas in Australia it's like it's good because there's like a, a kind of more practical bent towards like Australian schooling like they want you to train to get a job when you're um, when you're studying but yeah like I grew up with that kind of like creative kind of um, type of education where we were introduced to a lot of um, like a lot of painting and artists and art history um, just just in general throughout school. So, I mean, I, my first memory of like being kind of involved with art was like when my, my grandparents took me when I was like seven to um, this massive art gallery in London. And I got to see all of these like fantastic um, great British painters, like Lucian, Lucian Freud and Jenny Seville and all, and David Hockney in the flesh. And so like just seeing paintings like that in person um, was kind of like the point for me where I was like, I want to be like that good. When I was, when I was little, I was like, I want to be that good when I'm older. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And, um, actually, you know, I can see some Lucien Freud in, in your paintings or some, um, what was the other artist that I, that actually, I messaged you. I was like, it reminds me of, um, Megan. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, the UK is very creative, isn't it? Like that, and very connected to to art and creativity. Um, so it's nice that you had that um, upbringing and and uh, that experience with your grandparents um, as a child. And mm. what have you done straight after that? So you've seen, like, let's say you've you know you've been impressed by the art at the Great British Museum, and then um, what did you do? <laughs> well, I mean, I. I just, I got very competitive when I was younger and wanted to just like, I started off actually with like illustration. Like I actually didn't start painting until I was 17. Um, I'm not really sure, like I dabbled in it, but it was never, I was kind of like a jack of all trades. Like I did a lot of sculpture and um, didn't really commit to one discipline until I was like a lot older and kind of became enamored with painting and just fell in love with it when I gave it like the time and attention, I guess that like just settling into one thing. Um, but yeah, I kind of have dabbled in a lot of different kind of approaches to painting. Um, like I used to paint like a lot more kind of um, a, a, in a rigid way, like it was a lot more defined and linear. Um, but now I've just completely discarded that and it's yeah very messy and I find it really freeing to be able to just paint impulsively and splash paint everywhere. It's great. <laughs> do you, so do you feel like you found your signature way of, painting or I guess it's developing uh, with time right yeah like yeah I feel like I I mean it's it's hard to say because I, I mean I've been painting like in this style for like well over a year now but I feel like I mean ask me again at like 24 I'll probably be doing something completely different but for the moment this is what feels like most organic and right for me so I'm just running with it until it gets like until I've exhausted that kind of um 
way of painting yeah uh, yeah um I guess with painting it's it's almost like um a reflection of our own internal growth as well being reflected with our paintings and you know that that will develop with time right because as we develop and the paintings develop and it's almost like we're growing via each other the paintings from us and us from the paintings um yeah absolutely you see that with Lucian Freud as well like when he first started out like I think straight after he was in art school he was doing like these very surreal kind of big-eyed uh flat and two-dimensional kind of portraits of people um and then as he got older they just became more and more kind of um uh there was more depth and more um a sense of space in them as well like they there's a huge sense of light and shadow and he becomes more and more cerebral and less kind of um yeah less surreal in that sense Mm, yes so what's interesting what me right now is um Actually, you've mentioned that now you've, you're much more, way more free in, in painting. And um, I'm curious how, what you think about this, about, uh, you know, the way that we paint, we live our lives. Is there some, some sort of like uh, connection that may be that you might be living more free or feeling more free at the same time of developing that more free art uh, way of doing your art um, versus perhaps when it wasn't like that? Curious what you think about this. Yeah, I I think it kind of, it came as like a, it was kind of like a response to just stop, I stopped listening to like advice from uh, lecturers at art school and I just started painting in a way that I wanted to and I I, I kind of moved away a little bit from like the cerebral conceptual kind of, um, you know, justifications for why you would paint something or why you would construct a composition in in a way that... um, made like tapped into a concept or an idea and just started um painting like in a way that um yeah just immediately responded to what I was feeling at the time um and I think that that's like that also happened with Edward Hopper you know like um he I think I if I remember right he as soon as he found impressionism he stopped painting like super rigidly and he just started being really messy in his paintings as well and it's like when you stop putting like expectations on what you deliver and you just start working intuitively, I, I feel like you're a lot more prolific in what you make because you constantly want to produce something that perfectly articulates that feeling that you're going through at the time and it never ends. It's like a really rich source of like inspiration. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you just explained that. And, um, and it, it, incredible as well, like how you move uh, more into your intuitive space of painting and, and not listening to the advice, even if they are uh, tutors or you know teachers, and 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 they and they teach or they give, give advice. At the same time, it's still so important, um, most important, to really be in tune yourself and 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 really intuitively uh, paint from who you are and what you want to paint, despite of advice and what other people think or say I guess that's one of the key um yeah key elements about living a a quality life right if we live from our own intuition so yeah it's beautiful how you said that absolutely I well I feel like a lot of like uh, pressure and criticisms that we get from people like definitely not um not you know trying to be like don't listen to teachers or whatever but I feel like a lot of criticisms that they might point out on a technical level like um are things that end up defining your style as you 
technically get better over time. Like for me, I had, I was constantly in gripes with one teacher who just um, hated the way that I did like these like thick black outlines around faces. And he told me it like made my paintings look flat and um, childlike. And I, I don't know, it made me really angry. And I just was kind of like, why, why is this making me angry? Why am I like, so not willing to compromise on ditching the black lines? And you know, um, as I progressed through school, I didn't stop doing it. And I managed to get to a place um, skill-wise where it made sense to integrate that aspect into the painting. And it didn't, it didn't look wrong or look silly like it or amateur like it did when I first started. And so I think that it's, it's a bit dangerous when you take advice to heart from people looking from an outside um, um, kind of critical perspective, especially in art, because it, it really is like, um, a subjective personal thing, an emotionally driven thing. Right. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it, and it is very useful at the same time to have that constructive criticism, but if it's just, I guess, um, just, um, ah, written off completely, um, then I guess, you know, like sometimes there, there may be people who, who then just listen to that advice and don't go the way that one would truly feel. So it's, 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 you know, how, how it uh, sounds with you. It's like, you know, that, that those black lines have improved over, over time, how it started to integrate in, in the way that, you know, it was meant to, I guess. And if you had stopped, then they wouldn't have gotten, gotten there. So in some way that, that criticism, I guess, I mean, you tell me, did you, did you listen a little bit to it or did you, um, so that it did manage to change or was it, um, did you not listen to it at all and just continued? What was the difference there? Um, no, I, I did start by trying to stop. Like um, I stopped using black and I used like um, uh, burnt sienna and more natural kind of brown tones instead of like a harsh um, artificial looking color. And it just, I hated it and I couldn't figure out why. And I just, yeah, like I was, I, I so after that point I tried for like, I would say about three months to try and paint in like a performative way that would make my, my lecturer happy. Um, but I hated it so much. And I was like, there's a reason why I feel so strongly about this. And so like, I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do. And it ended up working out for me. And, you know, it's, it's, it was only one person, like a couple of people who don't, who can, you know, um, pick something that they don't like about a certain style, but, you know, lots of people like, um, aspects in painting that others may hate so it's like you're always going to have a very uh, a varied audience anyway and so if you just run with what you like and what you are passionate about um and you keep practicing like there's you're gonna get to a point whether it takes like a couple of years or a decade where you're at a technical level where it's gonna work for you anyway like someone's gonna love it so yeah yeah absolutely. Um, and actually those, uh, those black lines that you're just describing, these are the ones that I really love as well. <laughs> from, from, um, they are very special and, um, I, I like that sort of, it brings out the contrast of, and, and the, the messiness. It just, yeah, it just, it just really feels like it's very, very fitting and like your style as well, like your own one. So, so yeah, I guess, um, what you're just saying and then something that I've looked once online and there was another artist who was saying the same, you know, there can be so many people that give different kinds of advice. If we keep listening to that, we're just always drifting off our own path and not really developing our potential to, to the level it can be and it's supposed to be. So always listen to your own intuition. So it's great that you did that. 
Um, <laughs> it actually reminds me of another thing. Like when I was studying, uh, I was doing a foundation course in art and design and I had a teacher there who told me, don't apply to that university. You will never get in. <laughs> and wow. she came back to ask me, did you, did you change who you're going to apply to every day for three weeks? I was literally like, what is going on? I'm like, no, I, I want to go into that university. I'm going to do it anyway. And I got in. <laughs> Imagine. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I had actually, I had a similar thing. I love it when you prove people wrong. Like I had a similar thing in, um, in college happened to me where like, I was getting really good grades in English, but I had completely flunked math and I ended up getting like, um, like a really good school. Like that sat at the top of, we have like an ATAR thing in Australia. So I was like sitting at the top and like my math teacher, he was also the vice principal and he just couldn't believe it. Like he was like, no, that girl um, could not be achieving those grades. Like I've seen her chatting in math class. Like she cannot string an equation together or do like simple uh, multiplication, but you know, um, it's just like those people who doubt you end up being like, I've always been very competitive and especially in um, academia. So for me, it was like fuel for the fire. And I just love throwing it back in his face being like, no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We cannot live through the judgment of others. So, <laughs> um, wow. So yeah. In terms of your relationship, I guess, with creativity as well, now being at university, um, and I guess at university, there's quite some, you know, may, well, tends to be quite some pressure as well. Um, how, how do you feel, first of all, now at university and about to graduate? Um, yeah, how do you feel first? Well, uh, I mean, I'm glad that I, I went to like art school and I, I also did a, I did a degree as well, like in literature and um an art history. So um, I was pretty lucky because my university offered like a program where I could do art school as well as um, like uh, more like literary humanities courses. So I kind of got the best of both worlds um, in that sense. But yeah, I feel like at the same time, the university can be quite a dogmatic institution to be painting. And like we were talking about with critiques and like lecturers always pushing you one way and another. Um, but at the same time, it did give me like a, a good, very strong sense of discipline and, and a consistency in painting that I might not have done if I had just scrapped it and not gone to university at all. Like, I don't know if I would have painted every day if I hadn't gone to university because there wouldn't be that demand um, to be painting and to produce work for assessment. So, I mean, each to their own, but like I did, I did think that university was worthwhile, but um yeah, I'm not sure that career-wise, like, it's uh, it's going to do anything for me, like, you know, with the networking or whether, like, a Bachelor of Arts or a Bachelor of Painting, like, works, like, for getting into anything. But um, it was definitely productive for me as, like, a painter, yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. You know, when you are having to paint daily, for example, and, and work on projects and you are consistently developing your, your skills, sometimes on days perhaps that you don't feel like it too. Um, I'm sure it has a lot of impact on you on developing your own style and, and, and really building on that skill that you already naturally have, but to the extent of all it, of its potential that it can be. So how do you feel what it's done for you? Yeah, um, with discipline, well, 
I mean, I think that it's a very hard, discipliners are like a very hard and brutal master. Like uh, you, you always want to paint like when you feel like it, but, and, but you know, that could be um, weeks or months before you get that kind of burst of inspiration, like that lightning bolt where you just like, you have to paint. And I found with um, being rigorous and kind of um, committed to painting every day, even when I didn't feel like it, um, uh, I don't know, like it just, it was a love-hate relationship, but it became so much easier over time where it was like a, it enforced a habit where I woke up and wanted to paint. Like I couldn't envision doing anything else with my day. Um, so it definitely made me more productive. Um, and yeah, I, I think that um, developing technical skill, like by painting every day, like you're going to notice a difference if you do it, like even in a month, if you look at something you paint at the beginning of the month and you paint every day, like, um, maybe produce four or five canvases um, and you see what you first painted versus what you painted at the end of the month, you're going to notice a difference and a shift. Mm, yeah, absolutely. When you qualify, what are you looking for? Well, um, I, I'm not, I haven't committed completely to a kind of career path yet, which isn't, I, I was tossing up between doing like, I always want to be involved in something to do with painting. So I'm, I haven't accepted an offer for a master's of teaching yet. Um, and I'm not sure if I will, but I've got like a couple of exhibitions coming up in May and then, um, another one. And I just got accepted into one for July next year. So, I mean, it's going to be busy. Um, but also it's not a financially necessarily going to be a financially lucrative career path for me starting out. And I guess it, it never really is with anybody in any creative discipline. Like when you start out, it's, it's very difficult to kind of like thrive um, in an art industry, but, um, you know, I think that potentially by teaching it and doing exhibitions on the side, it'll give me that financial stability, um, to pursue, potentially give up teaching when I get to a point where it's, um, stable enough with exhibitions. I hope I get to that point, but yeah, it's, um, there's the risk of like art as a career, which has also been, you know, appealing to me at the same time. It's like that thrive or die. You, you either make it or you don't. Um, and it's scary, but it is exciting. So, mm, yeah. Well, it's it's nice to hear when you, that you've got exhibitions lined up, and um, I would love to see some of the pictures when 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 you do have it or so. Are you thinking of doing online exhibitions? Um, I'm, I mean, I would if I was offered a thing a thing for it. Um, but uh, I, I feel like in Australia we're like a little bit behind compared to like um, European countries. Like we're still very like a very tactile kind of art um, art kind of space. Um, they they've been pushing like even during COVID they've been pushing for physical exhibitions and limiting the numbers of people that will come and visit. Um, while hosting online ones, but there haven't been any real kind of like shifts towards like a digital interface specifically for painting or, or sculpture. And I understand why, because it's very like the romantic appeal of like looking at art in person is just so different when you look at it through a, a screen. And I feel like they haven't really developed any kind of programs that will make it super engaging to look at online. But I know that like, I think like in the UK, they're doing like whole exhibitions, like um, virtual ones where you can Google maps through the whole space. Um, so, and Australia hasn't really, like even our national gallery isn't really doing anything like that. But at the same time, cases are, are down a lot compared to the UK. So yeah, it's not 
online exhibitions aren't really a thing at the moment here. <laughs> no, and, and I totally understand about the tactile thing and about the experience of going into an exhibition, of course, is, um, yeah, the, 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 the main thing and, and something incomparable to if it was online. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just thinking, because there are so many um, opportunities right now, um, and I may have a site that, you know, may be interesting if you ever do think about exhibitions online, because I found one, it's called Kunst Matrix, and it's it's really, really cool. You might have, you might, if, you, if you're interested at all, look into that. They, I think the way that they create the gallery spaces there um, looks mm -hmm. And then, you know, you may have um, people from all over the world be able to view your art as well, because it's, it's, it's so great. That's so exciting. That's the one good thing to kind of come out of this whole situation is like in a lot of like, okay, bar Australia, but a lot of other places are like um, opening it up to kind of like a, um, an international, like art to an international kind of audience where it's like so much easier for um, people to get exposure. Like you don't have to go through that kind of, hierarchical system anymore you can just be like I mean you know I met you through Instagram like it, it opens you up to so many opportunities that you just would not have had before like in a very traditional kind of um uh face-to-face -face kind of situation so yeah, yeah good thing <laughs> definitely no um that that is a great thing and um I'm super grateful you know uh, I found you on on Instagram and um so I'm curious if you to wrap this up because I would I would be able to talk with you for hours <laughs> about and everything because it's so interesting. Um, I'm curious, like if you were to share with the artists that are currently hidden, perhaps thinking, yeah, I'm doing this, but um, you know, I won't probably be able to do anything with that ever, or you know, it's it's not good enough, or to the ones that feel that I'm I'm not creative, what What would you want to tell them in terms of? Well, um, being in that position not so long ago myself, um, I, I mean, I would just say to you, um, follow your intuition, as cliche as that is. Um, do not take advice from people that, uh, the advice that makes you uncomfortable, just discard it. Um, and I would say take risks, like don't compromise on things you like. Um, I used to get really scared about the future when I was like, first started painting and bef when I was actually choosing like um to go to art school I was like I was so on the fence about whether I should commit four years of my life to this this kind of pathway and um my dad told me a quote actually it was something like about my dad's a history buff and he told me that when Vikings arrive on arrived on foreign shores they would actually push their boats back out to sea when when landing And so it was literally thrive or die for them. And they, they had, you know, the, your chances of um, making like a career or making a name for yourself in art or any creative industry um, dramatically increased by making, like committing yourself and believing that you can do it. Opportunities just like, it's like law of attraction. They just end up falling into your lap. So um, I would definitely just say, throw yourself into your discipline, whatever it is. Yeah, awesome. No, that's that's fantastic. Um, words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Ashley, uh, how can people find you? Uh, of course, you know, on Instagram, um, Ashley Cullen, um, and yeah. where else? <laughs> 
Um, well, I'm in the process of making, I have to make a website for my, my graduating exhibition for school, but that's in the works and I'm definitely not a logical person. So Instagram is probably the best way to do it for now. Um, and it's just my first and last name and I'll just say it. Um, it's A-S-H-L-E-Y-C-U-L-L-E and then a full stop and then N. And that's where I'm most active uh, doing studio shots and um, announcing exhibitions and things like that. Amazing. Amazing. And it, it will be underneath um, this episode as well. So um, you'll be able to find Ashley and her amazing art. Definitely go and have a look. And um, yeah, so Ashley, it was wonderful to speak to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, perhaps we can have another conversation when you've uh, qualified, graduated or something after. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Maria. And I would love to do it over a cocktail glass of wine um, through Zoom. That would be so much fun. Fantastic. We'll definitely do that. So um, it's evening where you are. It's morning where I am. So I wish you a wonderful evening. Thank <laughs> um, yeah, you too. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for uh, listening in. If you like this podcast, then uh, hit subscribe and, and share it if, if you like it too. So thanks, everybody. Bye. You were born to create a podcast moving artists from passion to profession and aspiring creatives to gain confidence, emotional well-being and direction in life through the discovery of their creativity. With your host, Maria Richards, transformational art coach, artist, entrepreneur and mentor presented to you by Art of You. 